This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me to discuss the penultimate Villa Park game of the season and the latest changes in the hunt for Europa League or Europa Conference football, Mr. Phil Shaw and Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome. Hello. How are you? I was uh, chipper after that. I was. Villa win against Spurs. You know, we're alive and kicking. We're still in this race. And then, out of nowhere, Brighton tonk Arsenal (laughs) 3-0 at the Emirates. And we're all sitting here. We we were going to record this Saturday night. We should have done that because it would have been a a lot more uh, perkier. Right, chirpy affair, that one. I mean, Brighton, psychological torturing masters they are considering they let Forrest beat them and you're thinking, oh, here we go. Then they beat Manchester United and you think, ah. and then uh, they get tonked by Everton 5-1 at home and you're thinking, oh, I think their race is run. They're cracking up and they go to the Emirates and they tonk the team that were desperately trying to stay in uh, the title hunt. And here we are. What's, what's, what's statistically the biggest bottle job ever, you mean? That, that lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it's harsh to uh, undermine Arsenal's... I mean, their progress has been incredible. ...achievements this season because, I mean, if it wasn't for Liverpool's effort in, was it 19-stroke 20 season, Manchester City Mm -hmm. have just won every title, haven't they? And there's a reason why. There's a reason why there's 100 outstanding charges at the feet of Manchester City still that Sky TV never ever mention in their uh, reportage about City but that is what we've got to uh, face as a Villa fan now now we're going up a couple of echelons and now we're going to try to break in with the big boys it'll be that frustration of how do we uh, fight a, a game that's rigged but yeah fair play to Brighton I mean if you're going to go away against Arsenal beat them 3-0 and uh, they've got an attitude that I kind of like uh, I mean I noticed on Twitter somebody still talking about this is old Villa speak saying oh we can go to Liverpool now it's a free hit no no, no there's no, no such thing anymore this is new Villa this is Villa that aren't scared of anybody and we go to Anfield Old Trafford White Hart Lane or whatever it's called now Stamford Bridge and we look to win and we have a way of winning now we have got a style it's called a high line 
Yeah. It's like a cheese wire. It just garrots the opposition. <laughs> as Harry Kane, Son, and uh, Richarlison found out, as they got totally cheese wired uh, when they came to Villa Park. So some people call it the High Line. I call it the cheese wire. Right. Right. We will get into the game against Spurs. Before that, we will catch up on the latest Villa news. The three points before ending with uh, Media Muppets. I can't find Emery's clipboard uh, this week. He normally leaves it uh, on his table at Bodymore Heath, but I can't find it, so we won't be doing that uh, this show. But we'll do it after the the Liverpool uh, show. Right, time for some news. I've got no idea who uh, won the Eurovision. Should we talk about that or uh, Villa News? Well, it was a bit like um, VAR. It was sort of a predetermined result. Sweden won it, and conveniently they'll host it next year on the 50th anniversary of ABBA's Waterloo. Yeah, that sounds very convenient. Very convenient. The winner takes it all, Phil. The winner takes Uh, it all. I think we should have some Villa news. first news we have achieved something we will at least finish 10th this season i mean we, we've known that for a while but it will be our highest finish since the uh, gerard hulier season although uh, some would argue that only happened because gary McAllister took over and villa somehow managed to beat liverpool and arsenal in the last two games but still at least we're back in the top half i mean it's taken us too long way 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 too long forgotten what it feels like Philippe Coutinho where was he injured again he's made is he injured yep got injured on Friday yeah because I, I was wondering is he not good enough to get on the bench is that what we're looking at here I was hoping that yeah uh, it's, it's a waste of time isn't it there's always somebody who will take him because there's you know there's always like a Turkish team who just want to play on the big name status it's more of a marketing move but uh, we were suspicious when we got him and it's kind of played out it was one of those worth a punt I think it helps uh, in that gradual picture of in terms of marketing Villa you know we had Philippe Coutinho we had Gerard. it's good for the uh, the international profile but realistically, it should be about football and winning football. Mr. Emery, for his highline efforts, has received April's Manager of the Month. After, I think that was a month where we probably got a lot more than we expected because it was a seven-game month. We won five, drew one, lost one. And that, that just vaulted us uh, out of the nowhere came to in, life, in <laughs> fifth place. Suddenly we were in a European battle that we uh, knew nothing about. It just we just we It was almost like being teleported into it out of nowhere. It was brilliant. Yeah, just a taste, just a taster. So congratulations to him. But yeah, it's more of a, hopefully, a signal of uh, things to come. Well, going back to off the pitch, as we mentioned previously, uh, Chris Heck, the ex-Philly 76ers, basketball team president i think he was at villa park was he not having a mooch around uh, against spurs that looks like it's going to happen uh, this is more on the commercial side of things and you know people uh, you know whether it's uh, media or say villa media they love to paint any any move as like it's, it's the next best thing it's going to transform villa it's going to turn us uh, into like this big bastion uh, on the international stage There was somebody uh, who likes to get excited about anything Villa for clout. But he said there's no coincidence that Villa are playing in Philly this summer. And it's like, well, 
What makes you think that? Because uh, Heck actually left last June, left the uh, Philly 76ers last June. And also it's the Premier League uh, Summer Series tournament. It's got nothing to do with Villa. Villa literally just turn up. They haven't organised games in Philadelphia. They're glad to be there, frankly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just get the the calendar of what's happening and they just turn up. Doesn't cost us anything. And that's why Villa love this trip because previously, you know, they have actually have to pay their own way. So this whole playing in philadelphia is not uh it's a complete coincidence but also there's only one way villa make more money from chris heck's contribution and that is for fans to spend more and that is the kind of bottom line here so it's one of those sleep with one eye open jobs isn't it well we'll see how it plays out isn't it phil you're a bit more cynical well, very cynical. I think other interest in ah, yeah, whatever. Next, it's like it wasn't even really. Yeah, most, most fans won't even know. I what just he, don't it's, it's just shit. people. When, like, are, a new executive arrives. I just people I don't are care. starved for news, so they go crazy about any 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 morsel of uh, news nowadays. The under twenty is it twenty ones, twenty twenty threes, twenty twenty ones, twenty threes, twenty ones now. The under twenty ones, they managed to scrape in the playoffs, but they limped out straight yes. away. Yeah, lost two onto Leeds, didn't they? So that's their season over. They are literally on the beach. Meanwhile, Villa women are on a bit of a break. I think some of them have uh, jetted off on holiday. But record they, they played just after we recorded the last uh, proper show and Rachel Daly bagged a hat-trick to vault her into first place in the race for the uh, Women's Super League Golden Boot. She's now on 20 goals. I think two ahead of Bunny Shaw of Manchester City, if I'm not mistaken. So she's in, uh, she's got two games left. So in a good position there. And uh, if she makes it, it will obviously give uh, the England manager something to think about as well. Yeah, like we're the player instead of up front or right back, which, or wherever she was playing last time she was playing in the Yeah, Euros. full back, yeah. So uh, we, we shall see, but uh, the World Cup's down under this summer. Before we go on, a shout out to our sponsors of the show, NordVPN. If you want to make sure that your online privacy, whether you're streaming or browsing, is protected and have that flexibility to change your IP address so you appear in different countries. Maybe that will give you access to different TV opportunities to subscribe to. Let's say it gives you a bit of flexibility, what you can subscribe to. And also, you know, the reason you're doing that is obviously to save money. And you can save money by my old man said's offer, which gives you around about 60% off. So big savings on a normal package with the NordVPN and plus you get four months free as well all for the price of a coffee a month you do get 30 day money back guarantee so you can test it out and make sure it works for what you want to use it for please do go to www.nordvpn.com slash moms thank you very much Right, three points. Point number one. Is this the first week of this? Uh, VAR discussions to be aired on Sky Sports uh, this week? It is. Howard Webb is going to appear on Monday Night Football with the audio of the decision process to be heard for the first time. Now, this will either drive people insane. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Or uh, it will be as dull as dishwater. Either way, it's it's going to end up all over Twitter, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's going to be... uh, turn into like like a meme but but you know when you know dvds used to come out with director's commentary i would actually like to watch that spurs game back 90 minutes with just the var var conversations because there's plenty of them isn't there there's the the emery high lines in there all the time so that would be a good one so uh tune into that people 
but it's a progress but it should be happening at the time because then they would have to have real conviction in their decisions if it was if their audio was going out live yeah that'll be that'll be the dream wouldn't it but um yeah ifab told the daily mail that they would have no problem with uh, their audio recordings being made public, but as long as it wasn't broadcast live, so they don't want it. But there is another right. program as well, as well as Hard Web and Monday Night Football, there's another program called Match Officials, Mic'd Up. So I think that might be the more documentary style bit of it. Right. See, that does sound dry as a bone, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'd, as I said, I'd rather watch that 90 minutes back with far mic-ups, you know, if that was an option on the commentary, rather than having to listen to Jack Woodward. But let's move on to uh, point number two. Uh, AC Milan, you may have seen clips of this. Uh, their team faced their ultras uh, after the defending uh, Serie A champions lost 2-0 on the road to 18th place. Spezia, at the end of the game, Milan boss Pioli took his squad over to the travelling Milan fans and stood in silence while the ultras let them know exactly what they thought. And it was right in front of them as well. It wasn't yeah. like... You know, in this in the eighteen yard box, it was literally like over the barrier and face to face with the the they main. They were kind men. of nodding away, weren't they? As they were, mm. as they were kind of telling, basically play with passion, and we want passion and all that kind they of. They got uh, murdered in the first leg of the Champions League. Somehow they're still in it because it should be like four or five. Yeah, nil. yeah. I was going to say. I mean, uh, I, I think Brighton are really in the pole position, but I was going to uh, encourage something like this in the front of the whole tend if uh, <laughs> if Villa flaked out against Brighton and they needed to win to secure European football. But uh, <laughs> moving on, point number three, a bit of a feel good story to uh, end the three points on. Two thousand and ten, Exeter's. Uh, he was a bit of a legend. Uh, Adam Stansfield uh, passed away. And as a result, uh, Exeter retired uh, the number nine shirt. I mean, it's a big shirt to uh, retire number nine. Although Villa did retire it one season, didn't they? When they started the season yeah. without a number nine. That was, uh, was it under Lambert? Yeah. I think I think it was Sinclair, just a kid. Scott Sinclair got signed in January and took the shirt, if I remember rightly. Yeah, no, Triori yeah. has it. Yeah. Anyway, so we've retired it. So Exeter <laughs> and Villa have pretty much retired the number nine. Anyway, this season, uh, Adam Stansfield's son, Jay, joined the club on loan from Fulham. And uh, Exeter, as a gesture, let him use uh, his dad's old shirt number. So the number nine came back out. And uh, Jay scored a hat trick in his final appearance for the club. I like it. So uh, what a way, uh, what a beautiful way to finish. As always, a big thank you to uh, all of my old man said members and we will see you in match club for the upcoming Liverpool game at Anfield special thanks to Simon King for signing up as a new member this week and also Daniel Farrow for upgrading as well if you sign up as my old man said member you do get access to extra shows there'll be a few as we approach the end of the season for sure you also get ad free shows absolutely stripped out of all ads sponsorship etc raw baby raw and you get the keys to match club to join our inner sanctum all kinds of uh, cavernous places to chat to fellow my own man said listeners but also across the range of topics and specialities i even gave people this week a way to cover the cost of all their extra ticket price increases so it's a it's a think tank it's a hive mind so if you want to join us or want more details please do go to myomansaid.com and click on the members link there on the menu bar also if you uh, sign up for an annual membership you do get 10 percent off which is over a month free so check it out thank you very much right shall we yeah, let's. 
I've been waiting for this chicken barbecue for about six weeks now. Cockerel barbecue. <laughs> Right, going into this game, you may have noticed I wasn't too optimistic because Spurs have won eight consecutive away matches against Villa. <laughs> 10 in 12. With an aggregate score of 23 to 3. I mean, it's the last, the last eight. And that's the last seven Premier League games at Villa Park as well. Yeah. And they score at least two goals each time. So that's why I wasn't particularly buying in you know especially after we'd lost a couple of games and you're thinking well mate this might be a bit of a fade out job even though you know that if we get back to what we've been doing and we get an early goal which spurs have been conceding a lot of there's three points in this but anyway yeah well i mean i was i, I was the opposite i was very confident in this and despite spurs ending bjorn engel's career in, a, in, a, in the last minute of the game at villa park and harry kane scoring the last minute deflected free kick i mean these memories come from back, but i was, I was a few four-nil wins in between yeah but something happened in the first sort of like few minutes of the game that made me lose a bit of confidence when um when they got bundled over in the edge of the spurs box and the referee waved play on and not 20 seconds later Min son just falls over and as john McGinn sort of like stops the ball and walks away with it and the referee does give a free kick so after that my confidence was sort of wavering a bit well uh, in terms of the lineup uh, the difference was bailey got a start he essentially came in for Truray. i think you could see uh the main reason behind that move obviously uh giving villa uh, something uh a bit more zip on the counter was to get McGinn in the middle of that park, and and boy did he terrorise them uh, from start to finish. I was when he got a yellow card, I thought ah, this might take him down a notch or two, but it didn't really alter his uh, attitude and his effectiveness in there. But uh, more of that uh, lately. But we did uh, we got the early goal, didn't we? Spurs have really conceded. Spurs have conceded fourteen goals in the first fifteen minutes including seven goals in the opening 10 minutes of their last five games. Absolutely uh, shambolic. You would think, this was a weird game, because it was almost like they did no research on how Villa played. But cracking goal. Yep. Great team move, wasn't it? Yeah, really good. The touch from Watkins, really well. Yeah, the touch from Watkins at the start before he got wiped out, just to set the, yeah. the move in motion was brilliant touch from him. Yeah. yeah, and a really sort of sharp ball out to Bailey, gets it on his right foot. And you always, when, it, when it came to him, from where I sit at the other end of the ground, you're kind of thinking he's just going to cut in and try and get a shot off. But to be fair to him, got to the byline, pulled it back, and Ramsey arrived late and a really smart finish. He didn't actually have much to aim for. I like for. to call it ghosted in. Yeah, ooh, sounds better, <laughs> doesn't it? Trademark Ramsey. That's how I re- refer to that kind of it's a good uh, finish. move. Really good finish. And of course, and then you know, the place the place erupts because it was a great atmosphere, wasn't it, before the game actually? Yeah. Which we obviously haven't mentioned. It was it was a really 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 good one with all the streamers were out, streamers and all that. That was because yeah. we got in the ooh, uh, like I don't know, like five minutes to go or whatever. So when we got to the top concourse, it was just like the party had already happened. It was like streamers hanging yeah. from the roof and uh, all over the place, people, covering people the floor. Wrapped up in stuff. People wrapping their faces up in streamers and trying to drink beers through them <laughs> i was like what the fuck's going on here and then you think oh this actually it's not going to happen because everybody's messed around with the streamers but once they came out all the streamers are up and uh, it was pretty good actually they should do it that every good. game yep yeah it was it's a, kind of a cheaper simple effective way of creating atmosphere it was good and i think because we got the early goal the fans are involved then straight away yeah and I think everyone thought we're in business here. Spurs have just haven't got going and didn't really get going all first half. I think the, their XG was zero. Yeah, it was just another bizarre Spurs performance. 
Um, their midfield just got completely ransacked, didn't it? Yeah, just going back to the uh, atmosphere, it was, it was probably the first time this, this season that you could actually hear your eardrums rattling. Yeah, it was really loud. Doesn't normally get that loud. Uh. I know. Uh, like I had a mess- um, friend of the show, Jags. He, uh, he he took his two lads, and they were right up the back of the upper hole. And he said his lad had his fingers in his ears. He said it was so loud. Yeah, which is great. That's how you want it to be you know, for games that matter. But Bailey did good work on the first goal, but he did have a good chance, and I don't know he what did, he was doing he? with really that good finish. Move, that one. Yeah. yeah, he kind of fluffed his lines. I mean, the keeper makes a sort of a smart save yeah, for one. You'd but it was like do, a pee we, roller to him, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. At this point, we were really, we were really starting. It was kind of similar to the Newcastle game where we were really getting on top. You know, when Deer had one, didn't he? Where he whipped it off the bar and yeah, did well to dig that one out. Actually, he did. It was a good move, and and Villa were all over them. Like you know, Skip and Holberg in the middle of the park for Spurs were having a torrid time. They were just getting run on top of McGinn. Was it's probably one of the best performances McGinn's had at forty-five. That first forty-five, it was incredibly good. Anytime Spurs tried anything, they got cheese wired on the halfway yeah. line because I mean, they did. I mean, it was such a high line, wasn't it? It was on the halfway line, literally. I mean, as well as that, I mean, the broadcast view at home. I mean, none of them were even close to the offsides. There was daylight most times between them, and just like, and you saw that in a lot of the times the Villa defenders didn't even sort of bust a gut to get back, because their their confidence in the line is like, oh, we've got this. It's, it was offside. And we were playing out from the back really comfortably. We just looked in control. They did try to uh, press us hard earlier on, and I thought, oh, actually, they're they're going to go, they're going for it here, and that just seemed to fade out. And then we just played through them. And like the last probably four games, I'd say, you know, Brentford away, Fulham, United, Wolves, they all really got on top of us in the middle of the park. Spurs were quite passive; they just yeah. retreated to sort of their eighteen yard line. It was kind of a weird. I think they knew once they conceded the first. Villa were on top and Villa were going to try and get on top of them and they were like right we've got to stem the flow a little bit there was a team there that hadn't done its research I mean this is not the first time we're, we've been playing a high line I mean it, depending mm-hmm. on the opponent it kind of shifts how deep and how it goes but if you've been watching us recently I mean we're doing a high line against Manchester United and when you're playing Kane Son pretty much you're going to guess that he would play a very high line against Spurs to try to nullify that threat but it was like then even prepared or practice for it it was kind of embarrassing but the thing about this high line is the way currently that the refereeing uh, protocol is set up it just turns the game into a farce because Song got put through most people in the ground saw it as offside Villa's back line certainly did and you just kind of even Son he, like, he looked at the linesman everybody looked at the linesman and let him carry on and it's almost like he stopped for a split second then he carried on and Martinez stopped for a split second then carried on it's like okay let's play it let's play this out Son hits the post ball comes out and you're thinking okay off, blow it for offside game carries on Kane hits it Martinez makes a save ball goes out and then finally it's blown in the ground Villa fans were going mad I think the Spurs fans weren't happy Villa players weren't happy. Spurs players weren't happy. It was like everybody was unified on that pitch and in the stadium that this is kind of a a circus. Yeah. I mean, we'll get onto the matters later in the game at the end. The best part of 90 minutes, it was an atrocious refereeing performance. And it's much easier to say that when when you actually win, it's easier because it's not sour grapes. They were getting annoyed. The Villa fans were getting annoyed. The players were frustrated. It was just atrocious. Mm Mm-hmm. Considering there weren't a lot of what I would call really big, you know, there weren't like loads of nasty tackles or no. things like that going on. It wasn't a nasty, it was a good game. I think he just, he did his best to try and ruin what was a really competitive game. Yeah. He just thought, what is the point? Like you are just ruining this by being horrendous. The, the offsides that we're talking about, these aren't like, uh, oh, touch and go. 
No. Let's let's play Some this out. Let's see off. what happens. It was like that. It's obvious. You could tell in the stands. And then you get, what's going on here? And then it's like 10 seconds later, 15 seconds later. It's like, well, what is going on? Everybody's and, doubting and, and, their yeah. own existence, aren't they? And the sort of yeah, the inconsistencies. And McGinn ended up getting a booking for, for very little. They managed, they got away with a couple. Yeah, Romero especially. I mean, he's oh, just... He's so, he's so he's rash, failed. isn't he? Uh-huh. That's all he can describe him as. And he didn't get booked until late in the second half. I mean, going back to McGinn... Uh, there's always the uh, the conversation about McGinn, and it's kind of what level is he actually at? And we've seen him under Smith and Gerard, and a lot of the time it's hard for a supporter to really make a decision. In the championship, he's kind of a cut above. It was like when you're watching Grealish and and McGinn, and like even you know Abraham and, and, and Mings as well. Of course, they're they're on a different level to that championship. So you know it was it was a fun fun watch watching McGinn kind of bully championship players and spin them and all this kind of stuff. But then it was almost like well the narrative was well he's not playing in the right position. He should be playing further up or whatever. But it, you were never comfortable with how Villa were playing him. I mean I I have always said that even if he's not even if we have to get somebody else to it was all about balance really how do you get McGinn in that midfield and it's a balanced midfield and he's contributing to a you know a, a big level in terms of a team contribution the idea that you just play him higher up well if you play him higher up as we've said before then you potentially playing him in a position of like a real super creative player like Coutinho if he was good or Buendia so this, where do you play him to get that balance? And he threw him against Spurs. And in terms of levels, it was like, wow, if he plays like that all the time, then we don't need to buy another midfielder in terms of first 11, because that was as good as a controlling midfield performance centrally that, that I've seen at Villa Park for a long time. He just brushed their midfielders away, yeah. or Kane, or whoever. Yeah. You know, he would just roll them, and, he, and it allowed for um, it allowed Louise to have quite an easy afternoon in the middle of the park. He could just pop pop the ball around because he had McGinn doing all the the real. Well, he work. had to do is he, he just he was floating around, just being available to you know keep yeah. the ball moving. But yeah, it, was a, it was a lovely game for him. Yeah, and his pa- passing as well, his passing accuracy, eighty eight point nine. I mean, there's times when we said before McGinn that it was wasteful with his passes, or he you know that he was getting intercepted a lot. But he's he's developed this pass out to Moreno just spraying it out to him that just sets the attacks going again after he wins yeah, the ball in the middle he said, him, um, he said himself as in interviews that Emery's just said calm down like take the extra touch if you have to and just yeah. get control and make sure the pass rather I think it always felt like it was a bit rushed before yeah but he added that physicality that just neutralized and and swung the balance because you know sometimes yeah. we get overpowered or you know when you if you consider Spurs as, as a top four stroke six team technically we might get overpowered as well I'm not just talking about physically mm-hmm. but McGinn through that that advantage in in our court oh the one when he spun on uh you know, he sees Harry Kane coming a mile off waits for him and goes yes yeah, see you later I'm just rolled yeah he did that two or three got, four times yeah, and, he didn't got, he? and he got and he got a really big cheer because it was like you, you could see it unraveling and Kane couldn't do anything about it because yeah. he's quite short so if you come at him it's like that low center of gravity yeah. where he can spin you it's, it's can't like get, him, you can't get hold of him trying to nail Maradona down was always hard because he had a low center of gravity as well yeah different players Maradona and McGinn but <laughs> just to just both begin with M just, <laughs> just a here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The nervousness that uh, Emery has, well, it's it's more like an education where we've had to learn not to be nervous. And and two quite extreme things is what Emery's brought is playing out the back in a, almost a religious fashion. I mean, Smith was trying it because he'd read it in a book somewhere, but this is more of a like a religious ethos. And you trust him to do it now. Yeah, and now and now it's this high line, which is real uh, Russian roulette territory. And I always remember, the f- in recent memory, an example of a real high line was when we played Liverpool and we, and we uh, tonked them 7-2. They played a super high line and, and we popped it so many times. Yeah, And you watch Match of the Day and Ian Wright was on about, oh yeah, rubbing his hands, going, oh yeah, I'd love to have played. And half of it's right, because as I said, it, it was like Spurs hadn't really planned for this. Because if they watched that Manchester United game, they would have thought, well, they're going to play this against us, surely. And you'd have been practicing to break that. You'd have a few tricks up your sleeve, but they had nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's and my concern. game either. That's my concern. Do we go to Anfield and play that high line? <sighs> Very high risk. High risk, Away high from reward. Home like that. But when people know they're coming and they're of, you know, they've got your sellers, you probably lower that high line. But, I mean, it's good to have it up your sleeve. This is a good thing that Emery's going to bring. There's tricks that the players, are, I mean, you know, you've got to give credit to them. They're, they're playing out the back. Okay, Douglas Louise made that, uh, not the first time he's been caught napping, although Kamara's also done it as well. But it does ha- happen when you got your back to goal and you receive a pass standing on your own 18-yard box. It's sometimes probably not the ideal place you, you would be expecting a pass, but he got pickpocketed and Martinez was forced to make probably his only real... Uh, full-on save, save of the game. Kind of gave Kane the uh, the eyes, didn't he? Yeah. Gave, gave him way to weigh, man. It did give Spurs a bit of a lift there, just for the next sort of like 10, 15 minutes, when, especially whenever Kulusevski mm-hmm. came on, because he sort of pinned Moreno back, and he was having a bit of joy down that side. He did. He's been, he's been a good you know, good player for them. But just to finish off on that high line, any, any, do you have any reservations about it? Are you... Uh... Quite well, happy I mean, to play. Us, you, you, I, I'm, all, I'm all for us playing an offside trap. I think potentially playing a very high line is, is risky, but certainly if you're if you trust your line wherever on the pitch you are, you can probably drop it back slightly against Liverpool. Because Klopp, Klopp does play it. I mean, it's one of his tricks. I mean, it'd make for a quite a bizarre game if both managers were doing it. You'd be playing in an area for about tw- twenty <laughs> yards. Centre circle. Because <laughs> yeah. since November the fifth, uh, that was Emery's first game. Villa have had ninety-two offsides against them or their defences forced them and then it's Liverpool with 65 and as, as I said you know when when they came to uh, Villa Park and behind closed doors game when we beat them 7-2 they were playing an extreme high line there and we broke it very successfully so that is my if you know it's coming 
and you uh, prepare for it in the week running up yeah. to it, then that's my only concern. With respect to Ryan Mason, you're talking about Klopp, who's an elite-level manager, not a rookie, and he's probably got a better calibre of player yeah, to, to utilise it. And probably he's not obsessing over the details. He's, I mean, as a caretaker, he's literally just keeping them afloat, isn't he? Yeah, he's firefighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the first, I mean, the first half... Wasn't really replicated in the second half in terms of complete control. You had that feeling where we should be two or three nil up at half time. It wasn't a case of that might come to bite us in the butt. We've kind of uh, got that out of our systems now. It's not something you feel as a as a Villa fan under Emery. It was more a case of this is a missed opportunity in in terms of uh, you know we went into this game knowing that if we won by three goals we'd flip their goal difference which mm. could be reasonably useful because you would say on paper, although it's a bonkers league, uh, as Brighton's results show, I suppose they've got slightly easier fixtures. Well, they've got easier fixtures full stop than us. So for us to peg back their goal difference would be hard. So any help we could get in actually deteriorating their goal difference by being head-to-head with them would be a big plus. So that was the only nagging thing. But then you get the free kick. Looks going to be Louisa Young to uh, take... It was really weird that it was a massive wall by Spurs. And then Villa had a counter wall, didn't they, in front as well? And he thought, well, the only way this probably goes in, it's, it's pretty obvious where Louise is putting this, I thought. As the wall's facing him, he's going to bend it around the right-hand side. Fraser Forster's, I don't know what he's doing, because that ball is not tight inside the post. It's kind of in between the post and centre of the goal. And he gets there. And yeah. he gets there, and he should get there. And it's like, He's just got done on the pace, hasn't he? he hasn't moved what, his what feet What are you doing? Enough. Because uh, either it has to go tight in that post to get past you because you're anticipating it to go in that side because your starting position is on the other side. It's almost as if he's, yeah, it's almost as if he's backing himself, isn't he? Saying, right, you yeah. against me, but that's he's not good enough. He just pounded it into his own net. And really, should get to that if he's a you know, he's a former England squad keeper. So uh, I don't know what's happening there. But let's not take away the fact that it's about time our Brazilian scored a free kick. <laughs> <laughs> well, he hasn't scored from a corner in a while, so he was, he was due one. And if anything, some of our set pieces on the day were kind of hit and miss. Would be the polite way to describe them. But but he, he came up trumps at the big moment, and at that point, you thought the that game's should be won. The game, the game's won. Now it's about can we go on and push on? And Emery said post match that they were trying to get that extra goal. And at the time, you know, I was thinking, actually, I, I would take 2-0. Let's, I mean, I would take 2-0 because it is kind of useful. Well, you'd be level then, wouldn't you? Yeah. We don't know what's happening with Brighton at this point. You know, uh, while you're watching this game, you're just assuming that Arsenal should beat them and it'll be tight at the end. But you could, as Everton did, you could, Brighton is still there to be steamrolled if you get it right on the night. So it's not done and dusted. I mean, you're going to obviously have to do something against Liverpool. So 2-0 against Spurs, it's like, yeah, you know, you, you take that, we go again. But then Kane goes through, Martin, you know, Martinez comes out and, he, and it, from where I am, it looks all right. And where the referee was, it looks all right. It's a corner. Kane, you know, tries to nudge it out, out runs out of room a little bit, but there's no real, in, and he just runs into Martinez. That was my take on it. That's the thing about VAR. The more you watch it, and boy, did they uh, hmm. string that one out. The more they one, watch it, it's geez. almost like you're watching it to try to make it a penalty, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, well you're I, looking you're looking for it, aren't you? Yeah. In the same way that Kane was looking for it. <laughs> well, I had to leave the room nearly because I know my view on it. That's um, If you take what actually happened, Kane and Martinez. Martinez comes out, Kane's run towards the ball. Kane moves the ball to the right. 
yeah. and then changes his focus from the actual ball to Martinez and just drops both knees on them as he's jumping over him. Yeah. I mean, I'm taking that as a dive. I, I know it's, it's assault, one that, it's assault, isn't it? It's yeah. assault on Martinez. <laughs> yeah, second yellow card for Kane, off you go. Well, so, it was yeah. funny, mate. I mean, I think Martinez knows he, he hasn't he hasn't got there, but you could see straight away he's looking at the ref going, book him. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the first thing he did. He's, he he's, was, playing, he's playing for the dive. Yeah, he's, he's saying he's dived. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you'll get the you know, the press narrative will be, it's cute. And the, the reality is, unfortunately, when you watch it, if the shoe's on the other foot and it happens to Watkins, you're probably screaming penalty because there's contact. But Kane has played for it. And that's the infuriating thing, that it, it's so obvious what he's tried to do. Martinez is never going to avoid the contact there. But Kane actually isn't going to score. And he's not in control of the ball. The ball's going to go out anyway. It, it's, a, it's a frustrating one. And go back to Watkins. You know, that Watkins one back at... White Hart Lane last year. Yeah, Hugo Lloris comes out and uh, clatters him. You could argue, was Watkins going to get that ball because it was going out of play? Mm-hmm. But it's pretty similar. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you're talking fine tooth combs. It's all about, yeah. is it is Kane still in control of that ball? And, mm-hmm. and we had a close one in the first half as well, remember? Yeah, but it's bullshit because that they had to yeah. really deliberate on that. And, yeah. and it's not clear and obvious in it. And no. the referee made his call. So to really track that one back from the referee's yeah. call is, yeah. if it's blatantly obvious, fair enough. But the fact they had to you know, go to the monitor and he was like, Meh. And also I think the, the, the double-edged thing for that is if, if you're going into such minute detail on the actual contact, if you wind it back and, go, and you zoom in on the offside. Yeah, he's offside. Mm. He's offside. Yeah, that's very, I mean, this is the thing. The show lines for every tight offside decision nearly all season the one decision that's actually very controversial oh we'll not bother showing the lines this time carry on as you were I mean is it, is it any wonder the people have the conspiracy theories yeah it's like referees offside anyway yeah. hi this is VAR he's, he's offside anyway so just get on with the, the corner thing is, of course you've, you've, you've seen it given it's probably going to be a penalty a lot of the time nine times out of ten that's going to get given but it was just like the cherry on top it, you know, if it was just an isolated incident in the game, you'd be like, oh, it's frustrating, but whatever, you've won the game. But yeah. because of the way the ref and the officials had been all game for both teams as well, it was just fucking garbage, all game. I mean, that, that, that move by Kane, there's, there's no difference in my eyes from Kane and Bruno Fernandes. They're both experts at what to do. I mean, it's it's coming in there. If, I mean, the problem is VAR watches it in slow motion. If you watch in slow motion, knocks the ball to the right, goes into the air, and then crosses his ankles over each other to make sure that he's he's definitely going down. And then, as I say, both knees into Martinez. What I would have loved Martinez to do was sort of like fake him out, They'd like chicken that he was going to dive. So then Kane would have done that dive anyway, and just nobody there, just in the, in the fresh air. I always reminds me of the, the uh, Brad Guzan when he came out to uh, Suarez, and yeah. Suarez just dived blatantly. Guzan didn't even touch him. But they gave a penalty, and then, you know, you're watching this later with the fucking pundits, and they're saying, uh, well, you know, you shouldn't have done that. He's asking for him, you know, it's in, yeah, but you didn't touch him. <laughs> they didn't touch him, so it didn't matter. Yeah, well, he's asking for it, you know, he came out, it was, you know, it didn't matter, he didn't touch him. He didn't touch him, full stop, he didn't touch him. That was obviously before VAR, but it's, it's a tough one for a keeper, because they know they've got to come out, and they know they're going to be played. But if you're not getting any help... And even when uh, the referees decided it's not a penalty on his instinct, and then VAR's like trying to find a way to make it a penalty when it's not yeah. clear and obvious, it's it's just that's where it gets really frustrating. Yeah. And then the final nail in the referee's coffin, of course, was with the VAR delays and everything. It's about six minutes of injury time. He's played nearly eight. Yeah. Like, then- what are you? What on earth? There was an are extra two minutes or so just for that bloody penalty, the uh, the Kane thing. 
because it took about two minutes for them to decide that it was a penalty. I mean, I was watching the clock as soon yeah. as he uh, started fanning around. And then so I thought, yeah, that's been added in. That's why it's kind of gone on. So I, I kind of see that. Mm. Just and I think it was obviously Martinez had about three, at least three kicks to clear and he took his time. And I think the ref was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to bolt this on every time that I have one of these. Yeah, but there was, I mean, there was a lot of uh, shenanigans. And then of course, last virtually the last kick of the game when Son goes through and that goes to... The cheese wire comes out once yeah. more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, and at that point, you're sort of thinking this would be typical Villa. Well, it was the way completely... he finished it. It was that was it was yeah. the way Son dispatched it. It just felt oh, this is typical Villa. Yeah. That was it's the angles, look mark, angles mark two that one once. That was the same finish. Yeah, yeah. Now, it wasn't like you know if he shot and it and uh, Martinez got a hand to it or it deflected off somebody. It was just it, the way it was so clinically dispatched. <laughs> it was like oh, this is typical Villa. <laughs> yeah, luckily we, you know, we. But you, you were kind of confident it was offside. Yes, because oh, it, it was just closer. Just it, been happening all the time, and you were pretty confident. But he started his run for, in an offside position. He wasn't arcing his run during the game. Yeah, this when, is you, what when the, you see the, it the back, the day lads were saying they're like, "What's yeah. he doing?" It's actually, it's not hard for him because he's quick anyway. A little arc of his run, and he'd be onside a lot of times, and Villa would be in trouble. Yeah, this is why I couldn't understand about the lack of preparation by Spurs against the uh, the high line. I mean, Manchester United perhaps didn't expect it as much because I don't think we'd have we had played that higher a line. I mean, we've been playing high lines, but not as high as that against United. But they worked out in game, didn't they, to challenge mm-hmm. it. I think they've got a much better manager. Yeah, but uh, 2-1, it was a bit, yeah, because it's sixth consecutive home win on the trot, but this is the first time we've conceded a goal for, for in those wins. So it was a bit since of a little... February, wasn't it? A bit of a blemish. Yeah. And nice to, do, nice to do the double over Spurs as well, of course. Yeah, you first get the double over Spurs. It's game on. We're still in the hunt. At least the, the season's still... There's an air of uh, possibility in the air and until obviously Brighton executed Arsenal's uh, league title hopes and potentially our Europa League ho- hopes. I mean, in a, in a nutshell, while we're here, Brighton, uh, they've got Newcastle away in a few days. But really, forget about that game. If they beat Southampton, which, which they should. would be their next hand game, Villa would need to beat Liverpool and Brighton to have any chance of finishing above them. And of mm-hmm. course, if Brighton got anything out of Newcastle and Manchester City, their extra two games, which I think is possible because by beating Arsenal, they've set up that City game. By by the time they play Manchester City at the MX, City would have been crowned champions and also be focusing potentially on the uh, the Champions League finals. Well, and, a, and of course, an FA Cup final as well. Yeah, so if Villa do manage to spring Liverpool at Anfield, then Brighton will be game to uh, probably still need something from that Manchester City game so it's not looking good in short and Spurs it's probably just between Villa and Spurs for that conference league yeah which you don't know with Spurs you know Brentford at home if Brentford play well they can get some in there but you don't know and then I personally wouldn't if I was a Spurs fan I wouldn't be particularly confident in my team going to Ellen Road if if Leeds need a result because A you've got the big Sam factor B Ellen Road's hard enough on a good day and they'll be like, you know... They're showing a bit of, a bit of feistiness uh, about them. They I are. mean, they drew against Newcastle. And the Newcastle. will be right on top. Like, you know, give the Leeds fans their dues. They do make a racket. And it's Northerners versus Southern Shandy drinkers. <laughs> so that's always going to flip the odds. But that result for Leeds against Newcastle was potentially big just for Villa because it, it gives them something that you would think just because of the way the fixtures look it will probably go down to the last day for that final relegation spot because I do think Leicester will probably be gone this coming game weekend 
having to play Liverpool on the Monday night and then they'll they'll play again and I think they'll be gone. But it's it's hard to predict nowadays because every week there's a mad result. It's just crazy stuff. I mean Everton beating Brighton was bizarre and obviously Forest beat Brighton and then Brighton beat anybody else they play. Manchester United. Could have Brighton would need to lose to Southampton and beat City or something. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me at all, especially the 5 0 win over Villa on the last day of the season. <laughs> but no, it's, it's a shame uh, what Brighton did to Arsenal because I, I was quite bullish going into that Anfield game thinking, yeah, let's go. Let's go there and let's cheese wire the hell out of them. They'll be trying to do the same to us and beat them. And then that'll put, make Spurs. It's annoying going themselves. to Anfield that. They now have a you know a very realistic chance of sneaking in the top four potentially. Um, uh, depending on realistic. how the results go this week, obviously you know United have got a few winnable games now. Newcastle have got to beat Brighton, but they could they could be caught. I was kind of hoping United would be playing midweek as well as Newcastle this week just to pull it away and kind of finish it. And then Liverpool are like, well, we're not really going to do it. Yeah, I just I wanted probably, that as well, just to dampen their enthusiasm. Really, exactly, exactly. Because there's one team that you don't want to dangle hope in front of. It's Liverpool because they normally take it historically. And at the moment, they're just they're, they're annoyingly fun. Even though they're not particularly impressive, I don't think. They are functional and they're getting results. Anyway, uh, let's close off the show with a bit of media muppetry. Right, what's in the media muppet trough this week, Mr. Phil Shaw? Well, is it, is it too early to bring up Emmy Martinez transfer talk? No, it's been happening. Uh, <laughs> it's February, March, April. Yeah. Well, it's, I don't it's, know, it's I don't know what the price now. is at the moment. No, the Daily Mirror. Don't know what the price is. Definitely, the Daily Mirror ready to offload him to Spurs, United, or Chelsea, and what they described as a cut price deal. Well, considering that I would consider eighty million is what is its roundabout value is at least. That doesn't sound cut price to me. This is all coming from um, a local Argentinian journalist. Um, it's from TYC Sports. Gaston Edel. He reported that as well as United, Chelsea, and Spurs were in the mix for the for Martinez's signature with none of them going to be deterred by reimbursing the 17 million that Villa paid for him back in 2020 <laughs> I mean come on I mean Spurs don't even have 17 million to spend let alone like 70, 80 Emmy Martinez will not go to Spurs he won't go to Chelsea because A they're not any better than Villa when you're looking at where the momentum is in terms of starting next season you'd expect Villa and from his point of view as well Villa to come out of the traps the only thing that worries me about Martinez is Villa not being in Europe next season and and I really meant Europa League but uh, that's the only thing but I don't know how big that is because I think the overall picture you've got to be convinced that Villa will be challenging next season and, um, and I mean like properly I think that to somebody who's got four years of their contract left is uh, enough I think it will, by the way, be the last season that if we're not, if we don't come to the party next season, then he he will be thinking and his agent will be thinking, right, you know, where to go. Mm, But I think this is the position where Grealish would have liked to have been like in a Villa team that actually is proper. You know, it, it has tangible potential rather than just talk you know oh yeah if we get Morgan Sanson and that'll add a bit of bite to the midfield and we'll be all right next season I mean looking back now it's laughable uh, what we were hoping for this is a different beast yeah I mean the only thing that the Daily Mail managed to put two and two together and say with Pochettino landing at Chelsea um, he's looking for Martinez to come in now Chelsea do need a keeper and they would pay the money you would think but they're not going to be in Europe next season. So Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. That's why I'm not scared of Chelsea. 
And I, d- I don't think you'd want to go there anyway. I just think it's a shit show there at the minute as well. Yeah. If it was somewhere else, maybe it's like, well, yeah, let's roll the dice here. You know, it's great money, blah, blah, blah. But when you're in something that you're actually emotionally invested in and, and you've, you've actually attributed the club to fast tracking your progress to the point of, you know, you got to the ultimate goal of your where you wanted your career to go, i.e. winning the World Cup for your country, then I, I think it's, I mean, we'll have this conversation later, but I think it's just that if we were in the Europa League, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't lose any sleep uh, over Martinez being at Villa next season. We, I mean, we, we've had this conversation before, way back, and I said, you know, back in the day, if Alex Ferguson would was building his, you know, the next legacy team to scoop up titles, he would he would definitely be after Martinez, like a dog on mm-hmm. heat. He'd love his um, attitude, wouldn't he? Be like a dog on heat trying to get him in. But also, it's it's timing as well. I mean, you got to you know look back with Ferguson. Uh, speaking of him, the way they got Mark Bosnick at the time was it was you know he was free. He was a free contract. They they bide their time. They know when to strike. They're not really going to go and drop silly money on a, somebody who's got four years to run, especially when they need to rebuild who's elsewhere just won in the World squad. Cup. And he's he's probably at the best price. Martinez is top top price in his career will would be this summer this window and nobody's going to go for it i don't mm. think it's just not you know you wait a little i think there's a lot of teams who need other they need other things villa will need to win something i think uh, for martinez to yeah. sign a new contract but that's you know that's mid-term future it's nothing to worry about now yeah, that's on him to achieve as well right any media nuggets out there well, there was a nice piece in The Guardian about the famous photograph of Rui Costa and Marco Materazzi as vi- violence erupted at the San Siro in 2005. If you haven't, you've probably seen the photo, if you can't recall it, it's the one where there's just a red flares and pyro and smoke going off and Materazzi, who's much taller than Costa, is just like leaning an elbow on his shoulder. Well, this is about the photographer of the piece, Stefano Relladini. Um, he recounted how he snapped it when the players came back after trouble suspended the game. But the, the nugget in it is how he feels about the photo every time it sort of comes up again. He says he's really proud and happy that a lot of people like it and continue to do so year after year. When he searches out a curiosity for it, he sees there's t-shirts, posters and paintings of it. And even Matarazzi put it in his Twitter. But he does say it's a bit of a shame the way it is sometimes used without a credit, which makes it feel like it's an anonymous author. But I, I know it's me behind it, is what he says. And he also, he's also quite modest about it. He says he's never printed it for himself or got it framed or hung in the wall. But is just with the two Milan teams playing at the semi-final stage again of the Champions League, he says he's he's planned to mark his contribution in history by maybe buying a t-shirt for his daughter of the photo. It is a classic image. If you haven't seen it, well, you probably would have seen it, but just uh, Google it. Yeah. Right. Please do share the show on social media and you can find us at my old man said across all platforms. Recommend it to a friend who might have a sense of humor and might want a, a more, how would you describe it? Realistic and truthful take on all Villa goings on. The home of Villa pragmatism. Mm. <laughs> and personality and style and class. All of the above and more. Any farewell messages to our listeners, Phil? I just, like I say, it's the first thing I've got right ever. I told you we're going to beat Spurs. Oh, Chris Bird, Go to Anfield and win. He wants that conference spot. No more free hits. No more free hits. No Villa fan that I've met in my life has worse intertoto cut with withdrawal symptoms than Chris <laughs> Bird. He is desperate for the Europa Conference, aren't you, Chris? I want Thursday nights in, you know, Belfast. Azerbaijan. He's <laughs> never been the same since the Intertoto was dissolved. Since beating FC Basel. 
since David Ginola ran the length of the pitch. Such fond memories. And on that note, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.